Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. I'm Nick Berlansky. Next to me is Nick Horwat, and it finally happened. Of course, it had to happen on one of probably my busiest days of the calendar year so far, but hey, beggars can't be choosers. It finally happened. The Pittsburgh Penguins make a front office hire, bringing in Kyle Dubas, or Dubas, uh, as we heard yesterday, as president of hockey operations for the club. He was announced yesterday. We'll talk about everything he had to say in his short 30 minutes that inspired, from what I saw online, a lot of hope around the Pittsburgh Penguins fan base. But before we get into what he said, before we get into what our early expectations are of Kyle Dubas as the president of hockey operations, I just want your initial reactions, Horwat, uh, to this news. Uh, well, the initial reaction to the news itself was, okay, it's about time. I know we had just discussed uh, Dubas Watch Day 13, and it was, all right, the first day we really discussed that as a title. It happens. It's over. And we have our, uh, we have the Golden Goose. I said on that, I think I said on that recording yesterday that he's probably more highly touted than most of the players as free agents this summer. Um, just for what he can bring to a team in a, in a front office sense. He's going to immediately get to work on building this team better and going further into like, my reactions are basically this was the move we all that we wanted from the beginning it's the move uh, fsg wanted from the beginning and the patience paid off just before it was going to get too too dragged out mm-hmm. we're into june um this was a good time to do it we have the draft coming up we have free agency coming up uh, better late than never sort of but at the same time then the then came the presser where, uh, I mean, we got more out of Kyle Dubas in 30 minutes than we got Hextall in two and a half years. So the team is already in a be- put, put in a better direction. The team already has a breath of fresh air and is already feeling much more positive than it did uh, even in the middle of last season, let alone the start of this offseason. Yeah, Dubas was joined up there by uh, Dave... Beecham is that is that his name? Beeston. Dave Beeston. Yeah, imagine, as, imagine Boston, as, but with two E's. Yeah, Dave Beeston. I keep forgetting his name, and of course Tom Werner was up there as well uh, for the press conference. And really, you could feel even when Tom Werner said, you know, the way Kyle was able to articulate his plan for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the direction he wants to take the organization in, it that seemed. And again. I'm reading into it. I guarantee you Tom Werner was not throwing ricochet shots at Ron Hextall. But of course, everybody remembers when Hextall was asked to articulate his plan, the hectic nature in which Hextall had to try to get it written down. So I guess they like the way that Kyle Dubas articulates more than they liked what Ron Hextall did. Again, I'm reading into it. But re- regardless, it is the beginning of a new era for Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. It's an entirely different feeling, as you mentioned, hearing Dubas talk compared to any of Ron Hextall's availabilities. But I will say this. Everybody's very excited after what they heard yesterday. He's not going to be judged on his public speaking skills, people. But his ability to articulate in a direction and a plan is a welcome change for everybody that follows this team, that covers this team, or that is a fan of this team. Yeah, the ability to tell you a plan without giving you full details obviously and then just first of all having a plan and taking it in and knowing he's going to try and take it in that direction as much as as much as humanly possible with 
the space that we we as the team are given. And not only that, he didn't say we like our team one time. <laughs> yeah, you were I listening mean, for the we like our team. I'm sure I wasn't, but as I'm thinking back on it, we didn't get one, and that's probably best. And when and that doesn't mean that Dubas doesn't like this team. By the way, this doesn't mean that. Dubas Beast and everyone sitting up there thought thinks this team is bad and needs to, needs to be changed completely. No, he just uh, worded it the way Hextall should have been wording it all along. This team is has the pieces it needs to be competitive. It's time to build around. Kyle Dubas said on multiple occasions, also I think it was a little understated, that he said a couple of times that we need to build the depth of this team. Mm-hmm. Now, I get... Every general manager and president of hockey operations that comes in will say, we want to win now and build for the future. That's not a nothing quote, but, I mean, yeah, that, who's not going to say that? Yeah, so, he, he mentioned that as a two-pronged effort, and actually we have the audio here, yeah. courtesy of the Pittsburgh Penguins, of Kyle Dubas talking about the two-pronged effort that he's going to try to employ as president of hockey ops for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I see this task ahead of us as a two-pronged effort. Uh, in the short run, it's uh, continuing to make decisions that are going to allow the team to be competitive uh, while the core group of players uh, that have led the team here to championships in the past uh, continue to uh, perform at the levels that they have for as long as they can and make decisions that will support them uh, in the lineup every night um, that will allow the team to continue to contend uh, each season while those players are with us. At the same time, the work will also begin at uh, delivering a long-term hockey organization that can be the class of the NHL um, and to reduce any gap in time that there otherwise would be from the end of those great players' careers to the next era of great hockey for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, he's not saying anything we haven't heard before. That Not one word of that statement, of that 47-second clip of Kyle Dubas, is anything that we didn't hear from Ron Hextall. Hey, we're, we're trying to build for the future while giving them a chance to win now. But the way that he was able to say some of these things kind of highlights the things that Ron Hextall didn't do. We're going to try to help these guys out on the roster every single game. Down on the ice every game, we're going to give them the best chance to win. That didn't always seem to happen with Ron Hextall and company. They didn't always give this team the best chance to win, whether it's by the roster mismanagement, having a player like Ty Smith not be able to come to the NHL level because you mismanaged that defense and Smith could have been a welcomed addition on the blue line. There were different instances under Ron Hextall and Brian Burke that you thought, okay, you're going to have to see the forest through the trees because this is not the best lineup possible with the names in the organization. Even look back to last season when Jan Ruda couldn't come off LTIR despite being healthy because there was not enough cap space available. That is on Ron Hextall. That is on Brian Burke. I understand that the NHL is in a salary cap crunch because of the COVID shutdown a few years ago, but everybody else has to deal with it as well. Nobody else dealt with it and was penalized for it as much as the Penguins by their own doing. So that was something I noticed. And then also... Uh, It was something at the end there where he mentioned the gap. It's not the fact that, hey, these guys are going to retire one day and we're trying to make the contention continue through right up after it and continue that as year after year. No, he, he recognizes, listen, there's going to be a gap as of right now. There's always going to be a gap between the end of the careers of three magnificent superstars for the Penguins and the next era of competitive Penguins hockey. But he mentioned it the correct way. 
We're going to try to shorten that gap as best po- as possible while also going for a championship now. That is the correct way to phrase it, and that is the correct way to attack it. Hextall might have been doing that, but he certainly was not able to articulate that that's what the plan he was he was imaging in his head. Yeah, it's we could see we could see pretty clearly clearly that Hextall was trying to build the future as soon as possible. Um, and not not care about winning now, but it seemed like he was trying to build the future sort of while taking detriments to the current team. He, I mean, he didn't trade away this this upcoming first-round draft pick. He didn't trade away the last one. Um, and we enjoy Owen Pickering in the organization. We think he's going to be a good piece in the future. And for what it's worth, I mean, when you don't trade away your first-round pick... You end up with you. You end up with more hope, right? You end up with, yeah, it's magic beans, and you don't know, but it is at least hope, and there's mm-hmm. something that could blossom there. Um, but the whole time you are also thinking we need the something, we need the thing to win now, and Hextall didn't seem to have a ton of focus on that. Ricard Raquel, sure, uh, believe what you will in the re-signing of Malkin and Latang. But, you know, it didn't seem like he was super focused on that, whereas Dubas, like I said from the beginning of this conversation of, about Dubas months ago, he knows what it means to keep a core together. Mm-hmm. That's That job's already done for him here. Now he can just continue his other duties of finding other great players to fill out the sides and then fill out the future of this team. There's mm-hmm. going to be a gap, sure, because we don't have the prospect pool to go from the Crosby Malkin era directly into the Sam Poole and Nathan Lagare era, which by the way, one of those names not making it. So it's, there's going to be a building process. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's going to have to start sooner rather than later to shorten that gap as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, no matter what Penn's fans get ready for some lean years. Oh yeah. We've been saying that for a long time too. And if you weren't expecting that, then you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if for, but we have Kyle Dubas, a guy that, you know what, can absolutely um, fulfill both of these tasks, winning now and building for the future. Yeah, I don't want to continue to talk about Ron Hextall in this podcast because we don't really need to. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But the one thing that you mentioned was, yeah, he tried to build for the future, but he also didn't really help today. He didn't really build for the future either. He has the first round pick this year. He has Owen Pickering and he brought in a younger Ty Smith. That's all he did. He did absolutely nothing for the future of the forward core. He did absolutely nothing for the future of the goaltending. He really did absolutely nothing in two years as general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But we move on. Uh, There is billboard material that Kyle Dubas was able to put out there for every Pittsburgh Penguins fan to hear. And it was the one quote that everybody I saw aggregating it on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. They're like, this is why we love Kyle Dubas. And I'm not talking about the fact that he was in love with his childhood team, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, and ended up being the general manager. We did get our first multiple references to Sault Ste. Marie in that opening press conference, but this quote from the press conference, courtesy of the Pittsburgh Penguins on social media, is exactly what Penguins fans needed to hear whenever Kyle Dubas took the stand yesterday. The way that I looked at this and, and going through this uh, uh, decision, Taylor, from my end, was that uh, I heard and and talking to people who uh, once it kind of started to circulate that this was a position that we were considering after things uh, wrapped in Toronto, um, I heard a lot of people 
that were uh, highly skeptical of, of the team's ability to contend here. And um, the way I view it is that if people want to bet against Mike Sullivan, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and others, they can go ahead and do so, but I'm going to bet on them and, and go with them here. So um, I do think that it's a group capable of contending to win a championship. I do think that we need to build out the, the depth of the group uh, and uh, supplement the greatness that those people bring each day. I think there are some of those pieces that are already here, but in the next several weeks we'll get to work on, on more of that at the same time, uh, really uh, having a huge amount of focus on the long term as well. That's Kyle Dubas on the Pittsburgh Penguins championship window. And a couple of words that every Pittsburgh Penguins fan wanted to hear. People can bet against Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Mike Sullivan, all they want. I'm going to bet on them. And I think there's a championship in the future here still. That's ba- again, the, the second part. I, I took from it, but the first part was verbatim. The Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Sullivan, he's going to bet on them. That's, again, you just heard the quote yourself. And to me, that's the billboard material that everybody wanted to hear yesterday. Does he believe that the championship window is still in effect? And that was a question by Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh Sports. One question that everybody wanted the answer to. And, and Dubas, again, similar to what he did yesterday, he knocked it out of the park. And I will reiterate this again like I did at the top of the show. He's never going to be judged at the end of the day on his public speaking skills, but it is certainly nice to finally have somebody in that position that can convey the thoughts and the direction of the team the way that Kyle Dubas was able to yesterday afternoon. You're right, and that's t-shirt material too. That's stuff. Bet against us. Slap it on a shirt, put a pair of glasses underneath it. You're set. Million sales. There's. That's the kind of quote that'll bring hope. The kind of quote that we know these are our guys, those three, plus the coach. By the way, there if there is any doubt that uh, Mike Sullivan's seat is now ice cold. Yeah. Woo! No, Quote, that may- Mike Sullivan can coach forever. <laughs> oh, and he just might. <laughs> um, yeah, no. It he's here, the core is here, um and others you fill in the blanks as you will with that. Uh Kyle Dubas understands. He gave the quote that the fans wanted to hear in Bet Against Us. Bet against these three. Go on ahead. Dare you. Dare you to. Um, because much like, was it Geno Smith? He ain't right back. This team isn't writing back this year. <laughs> they wrote me off. I ain't, I ain't right back. That's, that's, that quote was incredible. This bet against the core quote is a, it's, it's not to the level of we can and we will from his days in Toronto, mm-hmm. but it is pretty close. And I think one more press or we could get something that we can, thrive off of for <laughs> I'm telling you it could because the penguins do need some sort of motivation like that mm-hmm. and I think something fun of that ilk sort of you know the 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 we can and we will we just mm-hmm. need another one of those from uh from Dubis and we can ride that into wearing it on shirts the day we win the cup again <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe uh, Mike Sullivan, who speaks to the media here in 41 minutes, uh, will have some billboard material for everybody. But the uh, one question that was asked whenever the announcement came out that Kyle Dubas was named president of hockey operations was, well, who's going to be the general manager? Are you going to hire one of the finalists you had in Jason Botterill, uh, Greeley, or blanket on the last one? Uh, Matthew Darsh were the three names that were really synonymous with this role towards the end of this run here. And the answer is not looking for a general manager at the moment. We're going to start that process again 
following the NHL draft, following NHL free agency, and in that little lull between the end of July and beginning of August, when everybody else is off, Kyle Dubas is going to be looking for potentially a general manager to fill his role. But as of right now, it's Kyle Dubas who will be handling the GM duties for the time being. He was going to say he might look to fill that role after summer. But to me, it makes sense that you're going to hire Kyle Dubas, who's probably more of a hockey mind than most of the gentlemen that are in Fenway Sports Group. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to hand the keys to him and say, here, you make your decision, you handpick your general manager, because that's, at the end of the day, who they're going to be working hand-in-hand with. And I understand that people were confused at, well, what does this mean for Kyle Dubas if he's not general manager? It's going to be different than Brian Burke as president of Hockey Ops, because we don't know how much Brian Burke was involved. We will probably know fairly seriously how much Kyle Dubas is involved in day-to-day, and you're probably going to hear from Dubas a little bit more than you heard from Brian Burke. So as of right now, Kyle Dubas is president and general manager with the opening to potentially occur towards the beginning of the season where he hires general manager underneath him. You can slap an interim tag on it technically, I guess. He did yeah. He did use the word interim whenever he spoke about the GM or the Yeah, on the of. interim basis, I believe, is what yeah. he said. <clears throat> so... Yeah, you, if you wanted to, and for reasons of obligations, you could slap an interim tag on Kyle Dubas as president and interim GM, which, by the way, perfectly fine. Whenever we were discussing the idea of hiring Kyle Dubas, we said, president and GM sounds good to us. Good. Roll. It's just whenever we hired him and it was just as president, we went, okay, is there another hire down the pipeline? Who could it be? The names started flying out. You mentioned a few. And then Kyle Dubas just pretty much said, I'm going to wait. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build this team in my image, which, again, we, like we said, we're okay with. We're perfectly fine with that. Because mm-hmm. we know he can build a good team. There will be questions all around, like who, because he's going to have to likely hire more than just a GM. Maybe there's a few more analytics staff people to come in. Maybe there's other, I don't know, other operations that need handled that he's going to, I mean, people keep saying, who's he going to bring from Toronto? Pridham's involved, there's maybe Jason Spezza, there's another name that escaped me, but as of right now, it's just him, we'll see how the hires come, and I think, if you want to know how much more involved he's going to be, first of all, he's not going to be as involved as he was in Toronto, that's just Mm -hmm. because that was the market he was in, he had to be that involved, like I said before, he's not going to have, maybe for like a game or two, but not every game, he's not going to have the still camera just on his box. We're yeah, and he won't he won't necessarily need to be at every game. I know general managers in general don't have to be at every game, but president of hockey operations, they could afford to sit back, especially once he hires a general manager mm-hmm. underneath them, they could afford to sit back and watch the game on television and then just show up at practices. Yeah. Yeah. And you wanna know how you know he's gonna be more involved than Brian Burke was though, and I I may read a little further into it than most. Uh, but it meant a lot whenever the Mike Sullivan uh, contract extension came out. Watch how many quotes he's in, you know? Every time the, the little release comes out, here is the signing we've made. Here is a quote from, it's normally it's normally been Ron Hextall, it's normally been uh, Rutherford. Get ready for Cal Dubas. You're going to see it a lot mm-hmm. more than you saw Brian Burke involved in those quotes. I yeah. know that's a small thing that maybe doesn't, that is me reading too much into it probably, but you will at least see the involvement of, mm-hmm. hey, we did this. We need a quote from somebody. And this comes after we signed a GM too. 
Yeah. We're going to see the quote from the GM. The here's why we did it. Here's this, 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 and this. You'll see Kyle Dubas' name pop in there. Yeah. He's going to be involved. This is a much different face than Brian Burke, who we thought, <clears throat> you know, when we signed Burke, I think we thought hockey mind, old school hockey, we'll see what we can, where, where we can go. And then we didn't hear from him again until Brian Metzer gave us that phenomenal, <laughs> that phenomenal little story from uh, the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we didn't hear from him again after that. Well, here's the thing. Brian Burke... And again, I don't want to go down the, the, the trail of talking about Brian Burke and Ron Hextall too, too much on this podcast, because it is Kyle Dubas's day. Correct. But Brian Burke was essentially the mouthpiece for Ron Hextall, and Hextall would only speak whenever it was the tentpole times. Trade deadline, NHL draft, beginning of the season, maybe if some other massive news or he had to respond to something massive that happened. He would only speak then. Brian Burke did all the media rounds. He was on the Jeff Merrick show all the time. He, he was you know, talking to all his old buddies in television. He was always the mouthpiece for whatever was happening in the Penguins front office. Kyle Dubas will be the mouthpiece there. And also, I think you're going to get more transparency on not even a day-to-day basis, but more transparency throughout the season and not just at the tentpole events, right? You're you're going to get more, as you mentioned, in that aspect. But two more things before we wrap, because we're going over what we wanted to initially. It's Uh, it's a big episode. You kind of need to go over a little bit. Yeah, on him not naming a general manager right away. There were also discussions, and whether that be in Pittsburgh or in the national media, there were discussions about how attractive is the general manager job for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. Look at where they're at as far as an organization. Look at where their roster is at at the moment. Look at all the work that's going to need to be done this offseason alone just to make them a playoff team once again. This could also be Kyle Dubas saying, listen, I have the security of being president of hockey operations. I have the ear of Fenway Sports Group. They have entrusted me to turn this ship around. They know it's not going to be right away. I'm going to protect whoever I'm bringing in as GM and do a lot of the groundwork to raise the floor of where they have to enter. They don't have to enter with goaltending questions, bottom six questions, defensive questions. They don't have to enter with all of those questions left unanswered. I can answer some of these questions and give them the test that's already 50% filled. Mm -hmm. That way they only have to worry about a little bit less and they don't have to worry about, hey, I'm coming into a broken organization that needs rebuilt, which, listen, say what you will, at this moment, before Kyle Dubas was hired, it it was a broken organization where it got to the point, as you looked at, you know, depending on who you listen to, when you looked at the Rossi and Yoey article, they painted the picture of a broken organization. Dubas is the first piece of glue to come in and try to fix everything around. He's going to try to build it back a little bit and then bring in that general manager to hopefully give him a solid basis to stand on as the start. So I, I, I like the move. I like the idea of letting Dubas start to build his image and then bring somebody in to help execute the image when it's already begun. Secondly, before we go, and it was done about five or six times in 30 minutes yesterday. Shout out to Jen Bellano because <laughs> Dubas and Tom Werner basically mentioned that she was instrumental in helping the Dubas family make the decision to come to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it's not said enough because Jen Bellano has been there longer than most people in that organization at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and she is very important to that organization. So we just want to shout her out because again, she got five or six yesterday, but on a day-to-day basis, she is probably one of, if not the most important person in that specific area. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I want to get a tour 
of the city of Pittsburgh from Jen Ballard. Because <laughs> apparently, she shows Pittsburgh in a light that makes everything sunshine and rainbows. Now, I understand that it is June, so they didn't see the winters in Pittsburgh, but they're coming from Toronto. So it's already it's already an advantage. So uh, shout out to Jen Bolano, and then uh, I'll let you have the floor here. Any final thoughts before we uh, hit end recording and get this episode out to the masses? Yeah, of course. I mean, <clears throat> tacking on to the Jen Bolano thing, absolutely shout out to her. Um, I got... I. I bought Girl Scout cookies from her, from her and her daughter this past season, so, you know. Wait, what, which um, cookies? What's okay, your Girl so Scout cookie? I, oh, I forget what kind I got from Megan, but I, I, I'm a tag-alongs guy. You're a tag-alongs. I'm a Samoas kind of guy. <sighs> That's the I coconut love one, Samoas. right? Yes. I'm not a coconut person. And Thin Mints are overrated. There, I said it. And we move on. Yes, they are. Yeah, we move <laughs> on from that. But yes, uh, Kyle Dubas, big. It's going to be huge seeing what he can do to this team and this organization. Obviously, it, the the team is better and more refreshed today than it was a week ago, um, more than it was 48 hours ago. We're already moving in a more positive direction and have a uh, brighter outlook of things than we did at the end of this past season and as the days went on into the offseason. Um, we are about to hit the ground running. We have a bunch of stuff that needs to get handled before the draft even arrives, we have to deal with some loose ends in terms of RFAs, in terms of big possible free agent signings, and we'll see who follows Dubas in. I don't expect uh, huge GM signings to be made right away, but maybe some smaller pieces. Um, and we'll just see where everything goes regardless. Um, this is exciting. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. This, it's the man we wanted from the start. It's... You know, everyone's pulling up their old tweets from I saw one from 2021 uh, saying that this would happen. So uh, the long road has come to an end, but now Mm -hmm. it's we just veered on to a new one where hopefully things get brighter. Hopefully things get more fun and the team's already better. The team is already better. Mm -hmm. Now we get to the fun part of the offseason. Player personnel. Will Tristan Jari get signed? Will Jason Zucker get re-signed? Will a trade happen? Will somebody be on the block that we were unsuspecting of? Mm-hmm. We'll see with all, where all that lands. But now that there is a sitting president of hockey ops slash interim GM in Kyle Dubas, we can start talking about those moves and how he might approach them in the future. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you guys next time.